Hey, welcome to the Negotiate Your Life podcast. I am Jeremy, and I'm really excited as we continue down this journey of how do we negotiate life when there's been so many things along the way that have been the roadblocks, if you will, or the the abrupt turns that we weren't prepared for. Some might say the traumas that happen in life, you know, the big traumas, the big events, the little traumas. feels like trauma is like a such a catchphrase these days, but it's true. We all experience different pains, different events that are traumatic. And I heard someone say it's it, the traumatic event is the thing that happens that's timeline based. And that's not the issue. There are going to be things all along our road. Some are going to be huge. Some are going to be small and they are all along the timelines of our life. These events that are traumatic, but real trauma, the, the, Trauma that sticks with us is the way that we process or learn to process those events. And I discovered on my journey that there were events that I would have said, oh yeah, those happened and they're over. But without even realizing it, I had brought them with me in the ways that I responded, the ways that I processed life because of those events. And as we go through this journey, I'll continue to tell you little bits, little pieces that were for me, but what, what good does that do if you don't find something that is for you? And I, I, I want to say this, like one of the first things that, um, that I learned, which prepared me for the next several months was the idea of regulation and how when we experience traumas, it dysregulates our system and our system wants to be balanced. Our system wants to be regulated. And I had a traumatic event that happened to me at a very young age and it dysregulated my system and I didn't really know how to handle it. And it became, and th- therefore I internalized it and I began, began to process life to cope with it at a very young age, um, probably in a way that wasn't the healthiest because I didn't know how to at that age. And then, um, as I got older, I had another traumatic event. We all do, right? Trauma happens. Traumatic events happen. If you were alive during 9-11, regardless of where you were at, that ha- that was a traumatic event that you remember where you were the day those planes crashed into the World Trade Center. You remember it. You didn't have to be directly related to one of the victims. You didn't have to be a victim. You were impacted by that trauma. And likely, it's likely you were able to regulate though. It's likely you were able to, okay, work through that. You know, you got onto your, the next time you got into a plane, you might've thought about it for a second and then you work through like, okay, but I'm not in danger. Um, planes are flying now and you worked through it. It didn't affect everything in your life. If you've ever been in a car accident, that's going to leave an impression that the next time you get into a car or you see someone kind of swerve that it causes a reaction, your body dysregulates, it remembers what happened and it wants to protect, right? Because what does trauma cause? Trauma causes us to go into fight, flight, freeze, or fawn. And so the trauma is in how we process after the traumatic event. And so when I was younger and those things happened, both at first when I was um pretty young. And then again, when I was um, 15 and then again, when I was 16, when I was diagnosed with cancer, um, I, those were major traumas. Those were big T traumas. There's all the little ones too, like the girlfriend that breaks up with you, the boy who makes fun of you, little things like that. But the big T traumas was what, what I, what I was working on while I, while I was on this journey, while, as I've been on this journey and it wasn't in getting sick. Yes, that was the traumatic event. It was how I learned to process life after that. 
it was walking into a coffee shop and smelling what smelled very similar to a chemotherapy lab and literally becoming nauseous after just walking in because it reminded me of that traumatic event. And then my body would get dysregulated and, and eventually over time I would remember, okay, but I'm not sick now. And my body would stop responding that way. But there were other things in my life when events would happen, when emotions would rise, feelings of vulnerability, feelings of inadequacy that were caused because of how I processed or didn't process some of the earlier traumas in my life that I would then find myself dysregulated. And whenever I found myself dysregulated, I learned ways to get my body to get back out of that feeling of fear, that feeling of sadness because I felt like a disappointment, that feeling of loneliness because I felt like nobody really knew me. And I would do things that would, that would give me a more regulated feel, but they weren't always healthy things. And there, there are some of them that would make no sense to you. I was really good at work. And so I would go find a new job, a new venture to pursue. And I was actually pretty successful at almost anything I've ever pursued. I've done really well in it. We've built businesses. I was a pastor. I was a cop. I was a, ne- a negotiator. I was all of those things and I did very well at them. And so for a season, that would make me feel regulated and my system would stay out of that trauma and I'd feel good until something happened that cued that dysregulation again. And so one of the first things I had to learn to do was how do I find regulation when my system gets all out of whack, when something happens and reminds me of those old feelings, because I needed to learn to regulate even before the old feelings or beliefs that came because of the trauma, because the traumatic events led to poor processing, which led to really poor beliefs about myself. And we'll talk about beliefs in another time. Because I actually didn't get to the belief fixing portion until I actually learned some just good regulatory skills, some good skills to take me out of that trauma feeling, to recognize it and to take me out of it for just a moment. It didn't change my belief systems about myself. One of the biggest things that led me down the road that I was on was a belief of no self-worth, was a belief of not really being the man that a real man should be. Those were a lot of beliefs that those needed their own healing. But in the meantime, I had to come up with some skills that when trauma would sneak back in and and I'd have those remembrances and those feelings that would make me want to run, that would make me want to do stupid things that were not good for me or good for those around me, that would make me want to literally quit a job and start a new job, how could I get myself back into being present? Because if you've ever experienced that triggering feeling, you know what I'm talking about. You know what it feels like when suddenly you don't even feel like you're in the room with somebody. Like you're having a conversation and they say something that triggers a memory, that triggers an emotion and a belief gets moving in your mind. And pretty soon they're talking and all you're doing is telling yourself stories. You're, you're going, okay, do they, did they notice the way I respond to them? Oh my gosh, I can't, I remember when this happened. What if they're saying this? Is this what they mean? I know that they believe this about me. They're going to find this thing out about me. They're going to know this. I, I feel this way. And you've forgotten that you're actually having a conversation with the person in front of you. And you can't even stay focused. You find yourself wanting to answer questions before they're asked. You find yourself drifting off and thinking about other things. And it's like you have literally 
left the room. You are no longer present. And that is something that happens when the traumas of our life cause dysregulation and we go and we become not present with the very moment we're in. Because we're, as I would say it, we're all up in our head. And I found myself up in my head a lot to the point where I've missed so many moments with my kids. I've missed moments. I was there, but I missed moments with my wife. I just missed so many moments because I was there, but I was all living up in my head without even knowing it because I had gotten so good at my own unhealthy ways of dealing with trauma that I didn't even realize it was happening. Making decisions out of an out of a really dysregulated system without even realizing it was happening and being successful and no one even knowing and hiding these deep pains and these wounds. So before I ever even got to the place of seeing the belief system change, and I'm going to tell you right now, you can change your habits all day long, but until you get to the root of the belief that led to the behaviors that you want, you will not change your life. But it is good to start by helping to keep yourself present even in the middle of some of that rising emotion. Keep yourself present so that you don't go do the thing that in our dysregulation we would want to do. Whatever that is, maybe that's isolation and pushing people away for you. Maybe that's going and shopping too much, spending more money than you've got because you just need to feel better right now in this moment. Maybe it's eating a bunch of food. I don't know what your thing is. And I want to say this and I'll continue to say this. I am not a therapist. I'm just a guy who's on a journey, who's learned some skills and had some major transforming moments that I'm like, hey, maybe I'm not alone. Maybe you need some of the little tips that I've discovered along the way. So that's what I want to give you here is here's my favorite thing to do there to learn how to get myself back grounded in just even for the moment to when my body wants to go and my mind wants to go and all of my system wants to go to that fight, flight, freeze, or even fawn where I find myself doing whatever I can to make somebody else like me. That's what I call fawning. Um, or fight where I just want to you know, become really rigid and this is my way and this is where we're going to do things and become very controlling. Or when I go into flight where I just want to run and hide and and eat my feelings away or live in my bedroom and just watch Netflix all day. What are the things that I do for in that very moment when I feel that dysregulation? How do I bring myself back into the present to remind myself, hey, that event isn't happening now. That pain point isn't here now. I still have to get healing from it, but it's not here now and that's not what's happening. I'm not in danger now. Because that's what happens when our old traumas are triggered. Our brain says, we're in danger now, fix it. And the only way we know to fix it is through those four things, fight, flight, freeze, or fun. So I'm going to give you my favorite one. And you probably have heard this. I'm sure, well, maybe you have, maybe you haven't. I had never heard of, of this um, before. I'd never heard of it before I started down this journey. And so it's helped me. I don't think it's trademarked, but if it is, whoever I stole it from, I just want to say, I apologize and go ahead and, you know, move on with yourself because that's all I got for you. So it's, it's just a grounding exercise to get yourself in those moments when, you're high, when your system goes on high alert. You're all dysregulated. It's a simple way to take a moment, to take a breath and ground yourself and remind, say, okay, I'm here. I'm in this moment right now. It's called five, four, three, two, one. 
take a moment and you take a big breath in, just and then breathe it out. Look around you, see the world that's around you. And you look for five things that you can name, five things you can see that you can name. Like right now, as I'm here in, in my recording office, I, I can see my wall clock. That's at three, three o'clock. I can see my camera. I can see my car out the window. I see my water bottle. And I see my journal. Five things you can name that you see right there in front of you that are in that very moment right there. Four, what are four things that you can feel, physically feel right now? I just reached out and I touched my keyboard. I, I, I put my hands on my workout shorts. The beauty of a podcast is you can do it in your workout shorts. Felt that. I just grabbed, you can hear it. I grabbed my microphone handle. That's three. And then I've got this little fidgety thing that runs the lights for my, for my camera and I can spin it. Five things that I can feel. Four things that I can feel. Five, four, three. What are three things that you can listen to right now as I just stop talking? Car just drove by. The fan in my office is going. I just moved my feet and I could hear them move across the ground. Three things that you can hear, that you can name them. Name them. Two, what are two things you can smell? Take a big breath in. What do you smell right now that you just go, oh, I know that I know that smell. I've got a candle next to me that I can smell. This is going to sound really weird, but sometimes I'll just put my the back of my hand up to my nose and I can smell the soap from my skin. Hopefully I've washed my hands recently and I can smell the soap from my skin. And then finally, what's one thing you can taste? One thing you can taste. It can literally be your saliva. What's one thing you can taste right now? Maybe you have a drink in front of you. Maybe there's, maybe there's a little bit of food there. Maybe it's just your saliva and you just take a swallow and you can taste it. Here's what happens when you do that, when your body gets all heightened and you need to get yourself back to being present for just the moment before you go out and make a decision to, to, to allow the rest of your brain to just take over. It allows you to calm down. It allows you to bring you back into this moment. And I will tell you, there have been moments that I can't do five, four, three, two, one, but I learned something that I can take my hands as I'm sitting here on my, on my, at my computer desk as I'm recording this. And I'm thinking to myself, because one of my self-beliefs that I work on is that I'm, I'm too much or not enough all at the same time. And that whatever I'm saying is not making sense to you as you're listening to this right now. And this is a longer podcast. I'm already at 15 minutes, all the things that I'm already thinking, and it can cause me to get into my head. So what I have to do is bring myself back to present. And so I take my hands and I put them on the chair and I squeeze the, the material in the chair and I rub my, my hands back and forth across it. Because if I can feel that, then I'm not up in my head. I'm right here in this moment. So sometimes even in the middle of a conversation, my wife will notice that I'll go sit on the ground and I'll rub the carpet or I'll put my hands on the couch and I'll just rub it. That's just one of those things, something I can touch, but it keeps me here. It keeps me in this moment right now. So I want to give you that because as we start talking about all these things, I'm just going to give you the tools I learned and that, that didn't help me to feel better about me until it did. Because suddenly I wasn't making rash decisions. I wasn't doing things out of this panic mode. In the past, I would have stopped recording the minute I saw that I was at 15 minutes. I would have stopped. Like, I can't do this. Never mind. And I'd go in my room. I'd go watch some series on Netflix. And I'd come back in two weeks and I'd try and record again. 
But today, when my system gets dysregulated because of those beliefs, I take a moment and I pause. I get myself grounded. I come back into this moment. Are those beliefs still there? Yep, there's a part of me that still says nobody cares what you have to say. It's still there. But in this moment, as I regulate, take my system and get it out of high alert, just by bringing myself right into this room, I can take my next step. So I want to encourage you, remember, it's five things that you can look at and see right now that you can name, four things that you can look at, or excuse me, that you can reach out and touch and feel. They can be on you too. So don't start grabbing at strangers. That's awkward. But you can, that you can feel right now. Three things that you can hear and that you can name, two that you can smell, and one that you can taste. If you can do that in those moments when you just want to run and you just feel your system, and you just take a moment to do that big breath in, big breath out, and then start to name those five, four, three, two, one things. Watch what happens. And then you know what's crazy is you'll start doing things a little bit differently because you'll slow down and you'll be more present and it will begin to impact some of the beliefs you have about yourself because you will not be, you won't be proving yourself right by doing things that you didn't want to do anyways. So I hope that helps you. 17 minutes, I know I went over. I hope that helps you today to just give you one little tool in your tool belt. I learned that about a weekend. Next time, I'll give you a couple more things that I learned and we'll just continue to learn how do we negotiate our life when it's full of trauma and full of pain, full of good, full of bad. It's just life and it's got all kinds of twists and turns. So thank you so much for being with me today as we learn to negotiate our lives together.